You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, series 8, episode 17. We don't have Chris this week, so it's just the two Johns. Hello, John. Hello, John. How are you doing? Good weekend? Uh, it was quite dandy, aye. What about yourself? Aye, it's a dandy start to it. Um, but before we talk about good stuff, um, we better talk about uh, Europe, just go back slightly. Um, both the old firm involved. Um, Rangers were on first at around about 6 o'clock, although they're getting fined for being late getting on the park. I don't know what that was about. Um, but they were certainly involved in an entertaining game where I don't think defences came on top. Um, three times Rangers in front, each time pegged back, and then immediately after the third pegged back by Spartak, they then won the game with cruel deflection. What was, did you watch the game? I, I, I say watched it. I had it on, certainly. Um, I probably watched that game more than I did the Celtic game because that was a wee bit more end-to-end. Um, decent game. I suppose the big possible point was when Rangers won 3-2 and the goal was disallowed um, and then within a minute Spartak scored two goals mm-hmm. Rangers I mean we've talked already about Europe a punch above their weight just now in Europe I think uh, I think even though they were wanting to get into the group stages I don't think there was many maybe outside the Irons thought they would do it so I don't think anything new has been learned from the game in terms of where Rangers are at just now. I would certainly going forward, there is no doubt um, they're a far stronger outfit than they have been for a, a good time. Still at the back though, there is certainly issues there. Um, and I, I wouldn't say that's just in Europe, but I would say even occasionally in domestic domestic football it's been like that as well. Though they may be getting away with that a bit more um, at domestic level. I think when you're playing opposition in Europe, they're a bit more savvy, a bit cleverer. Um, and probably are better at exploiting um, weaknesses, so to speak. Yeah, I would, I would go along. Well, I mean, what the, the the teams in content, and especially in these competitions, tend to be more ruthless than your your teams in domestic level. Um, I think the, the the most glaring thing for me was uh, John Flanagan. The the boys clearly, um, you know, not comfortable playing a left back position. Um, I mean, I know he had prospects at Liverpool, but. Um, he obviously can't play right back because Tavernier's got that position nailed on, um, but he just didn't look comfortable and he was getting exposed time and time again. But I noticed that Rangers throughout the season they've went with a combination of Goldson and Katic, and then they went Goldson and Morrow, um, and they went back to Goldson and Katic, and then I noticed they dropped Goldson for the weekend game, which I know we'll also come to, and he didn't cover himself in glory either with the the own goal. Um, I agree with the the Morelos sense it was obviously a turn point because it's a big difference going in at half time four two up to three two, four two at least they would have had that little bit of a cushion, but you're right. I mean they've been punching above their weight very well in Europe this season, and they still have a chance with two games to go of getting through. But they would have been disappointed having been at one point top of the group to then fall down to third. But it's very tight with two points separate it's all four sides. Yeah, I mean going back to your point about talking about. Uh sometimes being Goldson and Cartic, sometimes Goldson and Morrow and whatever else. We've spoken about it before with Aberdeen, for example, or even any other team. I think any team would say the same. Your centre-backs, I think you 
you have the same unless they're really badly out of form or injured or suspended I think you go with two if you're playing for the back or and you try and stick with it as much as possible I don't think rotating in um, at the back probably helps um, no that I think that's the the one position area team where you need uh, more consistency and selection um, we're also benefiting with McKenna and Devlin um, but Rangers, I mean, they started defensively okay with um, Golson, Katic, and then all, they brought in Wall and all of a sudden he went into the team, and I think that unsettled them a wee bit. But it doesn't just go down to them. I mean, Tavernier, going forward, he's brilliant. Um, you know, his, his delivery's terrific. Um, defensively, he's a wee bit suspect. I thought he was a wee bit suspect with the, at least one of the goals um, that Spartak got. But um, they then had to bounce back at the weekends, back into domestic action. Um, and well, they did it in ruthless fashion. Um, although they did get a bit of a break at one-one um, with the penalty. Um, your thoughts? Uh, first of all, was it a penalty? And second of all, um, was it a, des- a, a deserved setting booking for Kamiki? Well, uh, where do I start a penalty or the bookings? Kamiki. Uh, ah, yeah, the uh, first one isn't a booking for me either. I don't think so. I think maybe it's a talking to it was. Um, even then, I don't know. Um, they touched on in sports scene about maybe Morella's reaction uh, led to the booking. The penalty. You've seen them given. You've seen them not given. Possibly even the yellow there's harsh. Yeah. But by all, I think if it's they give a handball, you need to book them for that type of in that type of situation. See, I don't think it's a deliberate handball at such because you can argue that his arms above his head and it's an unnatural position and all that, but he's he's sliding to try and block the shot from going into goal and the ball's just happened to go above his head. I don't think he's moved his arm above his head to stop the ball going in because um, that's a that's a straight red in those instances. Yeah. I think it's I think it was um, a harsh setting booking to be perfectly honest. Um, you know, I think. The penalty was enough in that instance, um, but I was disappointed with the reaction of the two Rangers players, um, Morelos and Ryan Jack, because they were both um, applauding the referee for yeah. making that call. I thought it was really disappointing. Um, yeah. But to be fair, Stephen Robinson, he always had to go um, Morelos, and understandably so, but he also made the point that um, with 10 men, Motherwell should still be doing a lot better and it doesn't give him an excuse to throw in the towel and stop defending in fact when it gets to I know Rangers went 2-1 up at that point but the first thing Motherwell should have been doing was shutting up shop and you know, get to have to at least 2-1 down um, but instead they leave the top goal scorer in Scotland uh, in the SPFL free 6 yards for goal head it in for 3-1 and then after that Rangers just ran ragged and Motherwell just didn't have a clue how to defend even before that um, even at the first goal, I think Motherwell's defender isn't great. Um, Arfield gets a lot of time in space to, to finish. I know Hartley does slip, but even with Hartley slipping, it wasn't like he was that close to Arfield. Um, Arfield can actually seem to ghost in there and finish. I think Motherwell's problem for a lot of what I've seen, it's only highlights. However, was they were fit, sitting far, far too deep. For example, at the penalty, they uh, were only given. Look at how many Motherwell players that are in the box. Mm-hmm. Which, if you do that, you just invite pressure. And at the moment, um, I mean, obviously the game against Aberdeen in the Cup, Rangers 2 break breakdown, but generally they've been pretty good at breaking teams down this season. That's been the odd exception. 
And it's not that deep when you get the, the, the attacking options that Rangers have are just and you're asking for trouble. Um, but yeah, again, Mother Bell really disappointing. I mean, we, we've spoken I don't know how many times this season about oh, we don't think they'll go down. and I still don't think they'll go down, but I still would expect them to be doing a wee bit better than what they're doing. But we've seen what other teams, you can have a few wins in a row and then you can shoot up the table. Um, it's just then maybe getting that confidence back and getting maybe that first win. They've got an international break now, which might help. Get a wee break. Get back to basics, maybe. Just get back to basics and then go again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. An example of a team that's maybe going back to basics. Yeah, I mean, they, they'd obviously picked up a little bit. They'd won the two previous games um, against the bottom two um, before they played Rangers, so this shows signs of turn the corner. Um, I don't know if there was a wee bit of fear um, playing a Rangers side that know what they're doing at Ibrox this season. You know, as opposed to last year, the form was night and day, I think. Rangers have only dropped two points at Ibrox this season, um, so um, that might have had something to do with Motherwell's thinking, but um, they still should have defended a lot better. Um, but, um, yeah, the biggest uh, victory of the season, um, move Rangers up to third. Um, but come back again to Thursday, the, the rivals, Celtic, were also involved. Um, Must-win game against Leipzig, and they came up trumps. Um, I watched all this game. Yeah. Um, so on you go, John. You give us your analysis. On you go, no. No, I was just going to say. I mean, the first couple Not of right. minutes, I wondered if Leipzig were, um, you know, going to be too good from them. Came to and they sc- scores after ten minutes. Settled Celtic down, got the crowd in a high, um, and then I thought Cel- Celtic um, had most of the possession. Um, the midfield was very good. Ryan Christie, um, you know, he's just signed a new deal. Um, Monday, um, as we're recording this, um, amazing to think where he's where he's come from. Um, I thought Cal McGregor um, looked accomplished in the midfield role again. James Forrest was beating the fullback every time on the right hand side. Edward, he just looks he's just getting stronger and stronger and stronger every game that he plays. You know he's really suiting that um, lone striker role. Um, but what a response they had to the equaliser. Um, you know going straight up the park and Christie great composure to square that. Um, a lovely little fi- an easy finish for Edward in the end um, which gives them hope and more importantly means that they've got something to play for three days before the League Cup final so let's hope that they go there win and get a delayed flight back well yes <laughs> um, much as Chris has not on we may as well give Chris a wee bit of analysis from Chris or a wee bit of uh, maybe maybe a, sl- a slight dig but if we're at it anyway so he'll, he'll get me up, he'll get his back on me probably mentioned Tom Rodic, um which he does regularly so <laughs> Ryan Christie remember I think he was like I probably won't make it at Celtic we said there was maybe a potential but we still we weren't totally convinced so he is now uh, saying about how he's the, the deal that Christie has signed is well deserved after recent performances so I think probably in that situation Chris is happy to be proven wrong I would yeah. say um, the game itself if we go back Certainly, he was there. Uh, the disco lights. We never, we never ever seen him in the, at home unless you've ever seen maybe videos on YouTube and etc. Because BT cut out um, as soon as they put the disco lights on or whatever they want to call them. Mm. So, aye. Yeah. Yeah, he would have loved that experience. Obviously, being a big European game, the debut of those lights. Um, but at the same point, um, they're also wondering why didn't they spend that. I know they had to upgrade him for UEFA regulations and that, but 
There's also a question of why is that two million not being spent on another right back? Because if there's one area Celtic's um, performance um, that wasn't right, it was uh, Mikhail Lustig, unfortunately. Um, he was caught out for the goal. There was a couple of chances that um, Leipzig spun that came from his side. He's been a good, solid player for Celtic for years, especially in Europe, but I think um, it's all catching up with injuries and the amount of game time that he's had and um, travelling about with Sweden and World Cups and European Championships. Um, I think they need to sign a new right-back for... They also can't do much with it this season. Um, maybe get someone in January. But, um, yeah, yeah, that's the only problem, yeah, real no. criticism. Sure. Yeah, the, the other option they would have, but... Um, but it's not been helped by what happened yesterday uh, with Christopher Ayer. Is Ayer certainly very comfortable in the ball, pretty good at breaking forward. I know, obviously, he's played um, before he came to Celtic. He was playing defensive mid. He played centre back. He has played the odd time at right back for Celtic. Um, if Boyata and Benkovic are playing whether maybe at times you could have Ayer. It would actually probably effectively end up being a back three because Tierney basically plays like a left winger. Mm-hmm. So, could be something maybe they could try. But I don't know how long Ayer's going to be out for with this eye socket problem. Yeah, I think it's going to be um, a good couple of months at least. Uh, I know nothing's come out today, but um, we'll know that he had more than the coming days. But I think it could be a few months the way Brendan Rodgers was talking. Though you hear it with these things, maybe we feared Andy, Andy Constant was going to be out for a number of months, and um, but it turned out it was just a week he was out for, so you just never know. Um, but I hope Ayer recovers. But um, you mentioned the Livingston Celtic game. Um, I think Livingston set up the way we expected, out to frustrate Celtic, um, and they did a, a very good job. I think they went slightly different formation wise. I think they actually went four at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely, as you say, to frustrate. Maybe uh, it's maybe aye. It's maybe unfair to say just frustrate them because um, they did a bit more than that. I thought Celtic certainly had the better to play, mm-hmm. more chances. However, yet again, um, Lovington at set pieces are so dangerous. I mean, Gallagher especially in the box was pretty much winning everything. Yeah, I thought he was... Like, like some corners, some throw-ins, and really, really influential. Um, yeah, the long throw they've got from Alan Lisko, who you would like to see in the box as well because the height he's got. Um, but his throw-ins are you know, a lethal weapon, especially with the targets he's got to aim for. He likes to Halkett and Gallagher, as you mentioned, and they could have easily streaked the windmill. And no, I'm maybe being a wee bit disservice, Livingston, saying um, I think my, my phrase should have been um, the first thing was to frustrate Celtic because they are playing, you know, the, the league champions, the, a team that scored 23 goals in five domestic games, um, and Livingston obviously just come off the back of two defeats themselves, so. That was always going to be the number one aim, but there was obviously a purpose to try and counter-attack, but that's just what they do. You know, there's more to Livingston than just throwing the ball in the box um, and hoping. Um, they do have players that can play, as we've mentioned before. Um, but the, should they have had 11 men in the pack? No. 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 I think what's helped uh, Dominic Menga is the fact that Ryan Christie has reacted in a pretty... A fair way. Christy could have went held, holding his face, falling over, but actually all he did was have a few choice words with uh, Menger. Mm-hmm. Which, I think that's a, a big credit to Ryan Christie, because before 
on this podcast and we've said ourselves about maybe at times he's a bit um, prone to going down too easily um, at tackles. So I think if we're going to criticise him in that aspect, we need to praise him for his reaction um, to the Menga incident. Yeah, he did, he did very well. I mean, <laughs> sorry, you go, John? No, that was it. All right, okay, sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, he did very well not to react. I mean, it would have been so easy for him to just go down. Um, but, you know, it's good to see someone not trying to get other people sent off. Um, although that should have been spotted by um, the referees and the assistants um, looking straight at it. But, um, yeah, it was a it was a lucky win for um, Menga in that respect. But um, I think Liam Kelly in goals played very well. He's had a good season. Um, he didn't. I, I wouldn't say he had a lot to do, but he made three or four really good saves yeah. um, to keep Celtic out. So um, yeah. and so much so that Gary Holt's touting him for Scotland Cup, and Morov's going to come on the subject of Scotland goalkeepers well, as we go yeah. on. Yes, <laughs> you're potentially reading my notes because uh, there's a few uh, keepers that I was going to talk about. Liam um, Kelly's one of them certainly um, all season. I think he's been really good, uh, and and perhaps certainly have been under a bit of pressure at times and he's coped hard well. like, not just him though I mean the centre-backs as well it's, or like actually the whole team I think mm-hmm. but Kelly certainly um, someone that you would think should be getting looked at um, on the other side I think Celtic obviously Scott Bain came in because Craig Gordon's injured and Scott Bain has also replaced Craig Gordon in the Scotland squad mm-hmm. now should Bain be replacing should Bain well Bain I obviously Celtic yes but should Bain be coming into the Scotland team on the basis of just placing Gordon, or should it maybe be a Liam Kelly or Xander Clark that's playing yeah. regularly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, one of my mates um, was you know, saying that Xander Clark's certainly one that should be considered. I mean, the one that we called up, because two of our goalkeepers have dropped out. Um, John McLaughlin um, was excused because Sunderland have got um, Wickham in a league game, and I think, given the fact that McLaughlin was likely only going to be third choice, not coming off the bench in the event of us sending off an injury, um, I think that was um, perfectly understandable. So Jamie McDonald came in on the weekend that he got dropped by Kilmarnock, and there's question marks over McDonald as a goalkeeper. He's a good shot stopper, but he's not really the most dominant, and he was obviously um, culpable for Aberdeen's winner uh, in the previous league game. Um, and then, so they called up, um, so he was called up at that point, but the Bain one for um, Gordon in the Scotland squad based on a few cup games and just in the pure fact that he's going to replace um, Gordon in the Celtic team nah that's not right um, the, the weird thing is David Marshall been around the squad for years is not getting a look in and he's playing regularly for Hull now I know Hull are near the bottom of the championship now is it a case that they're not doing well and that's why he's not getting in the squad or is there a bit more to it um, because there's been a few yeah. Scotland withdrawals um, recently I- I think we may as well talk about Scotland just now maybe because yeah. it, it's definitely in context all of this right. I was talking to one of my mates earlier and we were talking about how well we're happy to see as many Aberdeen players represented etc etc but the worrying side that the worrying thing I think just now is the amount of players that are either saying they're not available to play for Scotland anymore come on out of squad and all that type of thing now we've had it before under the like, summer being under the bottom managers see to be fair under Gordon Strachan there was not many players that filled out of squads Mm-hmm. unless it was a real serious, serious reason but maybe it was odd one here and there but we've had I mean there's four, four players that have made themselves unavailable um, 
you mentioned David Marshall there as well. But there's been nothing mentioned, but you would think, yeah, as you say, he's got experience, plenty of experience, um, that he would still be considered in the squad, unless he's maybe said to McLeish, well, I don't want to come in and be third choice. Because he's got a bit of behind first choice to third choice and not much space and not much time. Uh, so it's a real concern. The other concern as well, which we've mentioned before, the, the other Scotland games, is playing players out of position or not getting the best players in the team. I mean, Ryan Fraser, James Forrest are the, arguably the two most on-formed Scottish players that are just now attacking-wise. Yeah. Neither of them have featured, really, in the Nations League. Um, no. So we need if the fact they're doing so well, we need to find a system that accommodates those two. I, I, I've said potentially if Scotland are playing three at the back, why not play three four three or it could be three four two one, but you need to have those two in the team. Mm-hmm. I don't see how you, you can not have them starting. You definitely don't have either of them playing at wing back though. That's a definite no. You play people in there that at least play full back. Um, which again I know you've mentioned you'd rather have that we're playing four at the back. But I think McLeish's set of stall is three at the back. Mm-hmm. That might change due to the fact that what options we've got at centre back. I actually think they're all right options. But you would mm-hmm. think that there's going to be at least one player making their, their debut. Um, like, I'd like to think it's Devlin. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. We spoke about it last week. Yeah, I'll, I'll be surprised if um, Devlin doesn't make his his debut given the fact that Charlie Mulgrew is injured um, they called up David Bates and I said that he should have been in the squad for the outset to be perfectly honest given the fact he's playing well with Hamburg albeit it's the German second tier rather than the German first tier that they're in but um, German t- second tier surely isn't any um, less than the English second tier which we've tended to t- pick a lot of players from the past um, I think but, it's or just on the summit debate sorry to interrupt you there that's alright he's been with some pretty big clubs in England Mm-hmm. So he must be doing something right. Yeah, and I remember one of the first things that Stephen Gerrard said um, when he was talking about the squad that um, you know that they shouldn't have allowed David Bates to to join Hamburg. Um, that that should be a deal that they tied up, but um, they kept other mints in their squad that he had to try and with um, to let go. Um, so that shows how highly even he thought about him um, and hasn't had the chance to work with him. That was before he took the Rangers job, um, but. Yeah, with regards to this, I think it's got to be um, a you know a four three three or four 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 two or four four two three one. I think it's got to be one of them, um, <laughs> which has yeah whatever whatever people's interpretations are, um, and you've got to be. I mean, we've been Scotland have been trying too much to field a team that includes Tierney and Robertson, but I think the two they need to build their team around are Forrest and Fraser, your two most creative players. Because the thing about the two is they can switch wings. They're comfortable going either side. Obviously, they're better than the right foots, but you know they can go on the outside and you know and get the ball across with their left foot as well. So um, that's the two that they should be building it around. Um, so maybe the back four will actually work out. Um, I think it'll either be Devlin and McKenna, or they'll have McKenna and Tierney as the centre backs. Um, but then who comes in at right back? I mean, do they play yeah, Callum Patterson there when he's been playing yeah. as a midfield striker for Cardiff? Well. Unless he, even though he did say that he's not going to play Tierney at right back, whether in this game he plays him at right back, because mm-hmm. if, if he goes three at the back, there's only three actual centre backs and Tierney 
who has been mm-hmm. playing centre-back at times. Yeah. So it doesn't give you much cover if something happens. So obviously someone could come in for the next game or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I don't know whether he'll go for at the back. I think Alex McLeish is... Maybe he'll prove me wrong. I think he's quite stubborn in his ways. Um, yeah. Which could end up costing us. Because I, I do... People, I've, I've had argument, well, arguments as such, but certainly maybe debates about is the group of players good enough? You look at other squads, other nations that are doing alright, I think we've got players that are compatible with them. I mean, I looked at the, the Republic of Ireland squad, for example, earlier. I mean, they're probably doing about the same as us just now. I looked at it and I was like, there wasn't particularly many folk I would think of, one name in the Scotland squad. I think we're at a period of change whereby players are getting a chance, different players are getting a chance. That's going to maybe take a wee bit of time for ideas to get across because the coaching staff are only maybe getting a few days to work with them. Mm-hmm. But on that basis, we've spoken about it before, you maybe need to have players playing in their natural positions so that it becomes easier when they are making a... Some of them are making a step up. It's arguable whether those other players are making a step down depending on what league they're playing in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting to note that when Stephen O'Donnell yeah, comes no. out, that Ryan Jack comes into the squad. So has he been brought in as an emergency right back? Potentially, I think. I was actually saying that to uh, my mate earlier. Uh, when I was looking at right back or right wing back options, if he was maybe an option there, well, I would want him there. But, but I mean, there surely must be another folk that get play right back. I don't know. Well, there's plenty of folk that can play right back. There's not many that are Scottish. That's the the problem. Um, I mean, I think if you're going to play Ryan Jackson as a right back, it would need to be as a back four, not in a um, as a wing back because he's not got the pace to do that. Might be solid enough def- from a defensive point of view. I mean, he was all right when he played that position for Aberdeen, but he's he's a midfield player um, and he's a good um, squad player to have um, Ryan Jack in the squad, but he won't get in the starting lineup in a midfield position. I don't think with the other players available. Um, but yeah, we'll need to wait and see, and at least we know we're not ending the podcast on a down talking about Scotland. Yeah, we talk about the centre-back pairing of um, McKenna and Devlin, how well they've been doing. Maybe that's something to happen in club level, but um, you know they certainly did their prospects no harm in the Aberdeen-Hibs game. Yep. On Friday night. Now, unfortunately, I didn't get to see all of it because I was playing my regular um, football and it only finished on Friday night and then um, I only got to listen to the first half and watch the second half. So, yeah, talk us through your thoughts and the win. Well, uh, initial thoughts, when I seen the lineup, I was really pleased because um, I've been advocating 4-4-2 for a while. Mm-hmm. And Stephen May certainly on the back of the game against Kilmarnock coming off the bench and changing it def- definitely deserved to start. Early on, I thought our play um, was certainly highlighted by the early intent from me in terms of working their defenders, running into areas that their centre-backs don't want to go, and that gave us early intent. Hibs, I think at the moment, Levine, not Levine, sorry, Lennon. <laughs> well, that would have been something. Come on, Levine, though. Lennon is a, a, maybe his toughest spell as his manager just now. Some of it's been injuries and stuff like that, which we've suffered from as well, Aberdeen, um, in terms of just having a bit of consistency of selection, because at the start of the season, I think they were you know, a wee bit better in terms of consistency. There was the odd player missing out here and there. But at the moment, centre-back especially, Porteous has been in and out of the team recently. Uh, Milligan's had to play 
centre-back, but he's definitely better than the, the centre-of-the-park midfield. So they, they've suffered a wee bit from that. Neil Lennon said after the game he thought Hibs deserved more from the game. Maybe did. Maybe a draw would have been a fair result. However, I didn't think Hibs looked particularly threatening. I thought they looked better in the cup game against us. Uh, I thought we kept Boyle fairly quiet, which was good. Um, and I think the shape of the team, I think, just looks far better with 4-4-2. The thing as well with that, because Stevie May works so hard, he'll go into the channels, he'll go into areas, and he'll, he'll maybe create wee situations whereby he can double up. Like, so, for example, if McGinn or Mackay Steven are going down the line and looking for an option, if the fullbacks aren't overlapping, then you've maybe got May there. So it provides maybe a two-on-one situation there, which becomes... Wilson, I thought again struggled a bit, um, but I still think there's a player there. It's just getting that work rate, maybe a wee bit more work rate from him, which will maybe come in time. Um, I thought McGinn was really good um, playing on the left. I think that was helped as well by the fact that Max Lowe is given an extra option in terms of the overlap or even coming inside. He's, he's very adapt, uh, adept at going forward. Which definitely helps. Mackay Steven again, dangerous, tricky. Players just don't like him running at them. Portis get for him, Portis got a wee bit of criticism for the pass that led to Mackay Steven goal, but Lewis uh, Stevenson was a bit kind of hesitant in terms of going for the ball. Uh, potentially he could have got it, however, no take away from Mackay Steven. He's quick on the opportunity, um, bit of pressure. Takes it early, terrific strike. Mm-hmm. Um, just that wee bit of brilliance. And in those games, sometimes that's what's required, it's just that one wee bit of brilliance. Mm-hmm. Hips, chances wise, can barely had a few half chances. However, he just didn't put his foot through the ball a couple of times. And then there was a one whereby he probably should have squared it from McLaren after he rounds Lewis. Yeah, um, that was a big one. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side, Stevie May was through in goal at one point, and I think he should have just put his foot through it. But he tried to lob, and it was mentioned um, on the after the game about maybe a confidence Stevie May would have um, made the decision and be more confident with his decision and would have scored. But I thought overall, I thought we, we, we played well defensively again. Devlin and, and McKenna, but I think Devlin in particular, he did get my match. Terrific. Um, he, he's definitely deserved mean, his, his chance in the Scotland squad. Um, just a born leader talks very well off the pitch I just think he's terrific and again people are saying about the partnership the partnership just, just they dovetail each other perfectly mm-hmm. well the thing about the partnership is they, they both um, love defending and it's something that you don't really see a lot, a lot of defenders um, are taught you know to bring the ball out for the back and all the rest of it and that's that's all well and good but the first thing about a centre back is they've got to be able to defend um, and that's something McKenna and um, Devlin are both very good at. Plus, McKenna has that ability to bring the ball out from the back, as we've seen many a time. Um, I thought the two of them coped very well with the, the front to have so much that McLaren went off. Um, I think there was one really good chance to Ken Berry when we rounded the goalkeepers. You say he should have squared that. The other two, he's done well to get in front at first, but he's just not connected. Um, but it's the Stevie May chance, um, I mean... He could lob him and make sure the ball goes straight in the net from that lob. I mean, again, that's maybe something that I confident Stevie May could have done. Um, but, yeah, I thought whether we deserve to win or not is another thing. But, 
quite frankly, who cares? You know, we did what we had to do. Um, you know, we knew we were coming up against a good hip side, um, or a decent hip side, yep. and we frustrated <laughs> them. Um, you know, we made a couple of chances ourselves. We took the one that mattered. And yep. when you defend well, you probably deserve to win games. And no, that's four wins in a row in all competitions, four clean sheets. Uh, Max Low, I think, is getting better and better as well. Shea Logan's um, playing well too. Um, yep. Yeah, we're, we're, we're doing quite well. And we're not playing fluently, um, but, you know, we're getting good results at the right time, especially a cup final in a, cup, in a few weeks. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's all rosy. It's interesting that the media have been bumming Hibs up all season, is doing very well, and they've been critical of Aberdeen. We're sixth in the table and they're eighth. The first time Hibs have been in the bottom six since Lennon came, since uh, Lennon got him back up to. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it's nothing new. We, we both mentioned before, the last five years, I don't think Aberdeen have had the credit they deserve in the media. Um, and you consider different things. And I know people, there'll be some fans that may be the big two and they'll, they'll say, oh, it's not about money. Uh, aye, there's the odd time that there'll be uh, anomalies. But, you expect every season it should be Celtic or Celtic Rangers top two with the finances, right? And even last season, Rangers had a bigger budget. Probably the season before, I'd say, probably had a bigger budget. Well, they did. They had a bigger Aberdeen budget for as long as we remember. <laughs> yeah, Aberdeen have punched above their weight for the last few seasons. Certainly the last two seasons. I think the previous two seasons probably we were where we should be. Um I don't think we've received the credit for getting the cup finals we've got to at the beginning. I don't think we've got the credit for the players that have stayed and how long they've stayed. It shows how good the team spirit is at the club. Mm-hmm. The players want to stay. I mean, Shea Logan, for example, is maybe a perfect case. A lot of people maybe thought initially the family situation, his family were down south, etc. That probably after his initial spare, he would, he would leave. When he, he said numerous times um, the reason why he stayed is because of that atmosphere in the, the dressing room, how much McInnes trusts his players, and I think that's a big thing. McInnes if trusts his players a, a, a lot. Um, you'll never really hear McInnes criticise individuals. Sometimes, the odd occasion, he'll criticise the team, but it's not in a whole, it's not in a totally negative way. It's more um, constructive, I would say, mm-hmm. to try and get a reaction. He'll be honest in terms of assessment of performances as well, I think. Maybe at times he'll maybe embellish how well we've played. But some more ways to get a result than, than just going attacking. Defensively, that's you build great teams defensively. Mm-hmm. And that's something under McInnes, I think, with the exception of maybe last season. At times last season, the defence wasn't quite so good. But they've generally been always been pretty solid defensively. Yeah. And that's even with the likes of players that have been criticised, like Connor Taylor and that. Um it has just been if going forward, if if and if you look now where we are in the league after the initial criticism that there has that's come from a, a few different quarters, five points behind Celtic, uh, a game in hand on the likes of St Johnson and Kilmarnock, three points behind Rangers, closing in on Hearts, in a cup final, um, four games unbeaten. I think there's been three clean sheets in that. Four clean sheets in a row. Is it four in a row? Oh no, sorry, we can say it against Kilmarnock, sorry, I forgot yeah. about that, my apologies. So. You have the last four clean sheets, and that's been because McKenna and Devlin have been playing again together. And that goal was a penalty. Yep, more options in the squad, I would say. Um, 
the international breaks come at a horrible time for Aberdeen mm-hmm. because hit a bit of momentum we criticised them in the season for not beating the teams in the top half of the table or last year's top half of the table last two wins have been against Hibs and Kilmarnock Kilmarnock have been getting rightly praised um, for the way they are performing so to be five points off the lead in a cup final take that yeah absolutely um, but as you and I know there's there's always a certain element that's very difficult to please but we would we could have been fifth um, had uh, St Johnson not won at the weekend but um, I mean, we'll talk about a turn of upturn fortunes for a club beating 6 0 by Celtic at the start of October come back from the national boat frying they haven't conceded a goal in one all five games and even that without Tony Watt hitting the back of it yes um, but I mean, he looks as though his work looked good at the weekend as well to be fair he looks so he's added a wee bit more but he yeah. could do a goal I maybe could however five clean sheets five wins is it six games unbeaten because I think the game before that they drew no the game before was uh, the Celtic win oh I yeah um, we've mentioned Clark already he's under Clark about whether maybe a contender for the Scotland squad I don't know I, I think maybe Kelly I would have Liam Kelly above Clark based on what I've seen from them um, but certainly both in my chance Tommy Wright has certainly gone back to basics in terms of what they're doing defensively but they've got a really good balance about their team um, going forward last year was certainly an issue and, even, and actually at the back they weren't as solid as what they've been before the boy right on the right, <laughs> the boy right on the right has certainly yeah. added a lot to them. Watt and Kennedy up front, their movement has been terrific. Neither of them are a natural, a natural number nine striker. They're probably more a, uh, well, Kennedy I think was more a wide player, certainly when he came through at Kilmarnock uh, before he went down to Cardiff. Tony Watt, I would say, at times, he certainly, I would say, Watt's better than a two up front. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't say Watt was a number nine. I don't know, maybe it is, given a chance. But their, their, move, their movement's been terrific. And then you've got Waterspoon and Wright were causing all sorts of problems out wide. The experience of Davidson in midfield. If he stays fit, St Johnson are generally a better team. But then you've also got that wee bit of youth in there as well, Kerr and Tanzer. And Clark who's relatively on as well. So I think Tommy Wright's um, getting rewarded for persevering with certain players, but also as well recognising where the weaknesses were and and getting the right players in in the summer. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about the fact that their Scottish Cup winning team for four years ago has, um, you know, broken up and gone over the hill. Um, I know they've got one or two players still within the squad, but not really playing match days um, regularly. Like Stephen Anderson's um, an example. He doesn't get in the team much because they've got that partnership of uh, Shaughnessy and Kerr. Shaughnessy's um, stepped up to his role as captain. He's always yes. a player that I rated at Aberdeen. Um, I don't think got a proper chance at centre back. I wouldn't swap him for Michael Devlin and Scott McKenna to be perfectly honest, but he's doing a good job and I'm pleased for him. Um, and as you say, attacking, attacking wise, they've got you know the options have stepped up. Like Wright and Kennedy in particular have been very good, good should signings. Um, and it just shows again, Tommy Wright. He just keeps proving people what a good manager he is. St Johnson were written off as a team that's going to be at best finishing top of the bottom six and I'm one of those that said that's where they would be um, but you know they're punching above their weight once again with one of the smallest budgets in the league I think they're the third or fourth smallest budget in the, the top flight um, but they're getting good results and you know full credit goes to Tommy Wright who you just wonder what he could do if he was to go to a bigger club but then is he one that's ha- happier 
at a club like St Johnson where he's not under so much pressure. Because he's already going to get down as one of, if not the greatest St Johnson manager of all time. Yeah, I think arguably um, having a board that trusts you. Yeah, it's uh, big. Having stability. Uh, and seeing what ha- has happened to other managers that are going down south or wherever. Or, or even to other Scottish teams. Um I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'd like a chance. Maybe we'd like a chance somewhere else. But I don't know. Yeah. And um, I mean, he's out of contract at the end of the season. Like my jobs. Yeah. For, for whatever reason. Well, he was linked heavily with Dundee United when they sacked McNamara and got Pat yeah. Lennon in, but he signed a, a new deal at St John's instead. Um, I don't know if he was officially allowed to speak to Dundee United anyway, but he was obviously not bothered about the Dundee United job, um, you know, because he signed that new deal at St Johnson, and he's proven that he was right to do so, because you see where most Dundee United's got themselves into. Um, so, no, I mean, yeah, we've spoken about McInnes, how happy he was at Aberdeen with a, a board that trusted him, and that's why he elected to turn down two jobs to stay with us. Um, and Tommy Wright's obviously of the same ilk, and He's doing very well, and, and good luck to him. But on the flip side, from the game at Sunday, uh, Saturday, sorry, uh, Hamilton, dreadful. They're just a, you know, they're a bit of a hit and miss. You know, it's like a light switch with them. One one minute they look they look pretty good and turn us out from nowhere. Um, the next minute they look really poor, and there's no not a lot of middle ground with them. They're maybe they were maybe caught off a wee bit, caught a wee bit off guard. How positive St Johnson are. Just now, because St. Johnson haven't, that much as the last few games have been winning, they've maybe not been as as dominant. I mean, that's one of the most dominant displays I've seen uh, out for a while. And haven't offered pretty much nothing. Yeah. I think it was a header from a corner um, at one point. But St. Johnson were just dominant all over the pitch. And they, uh, they, all, they won all the battles, uh, they had a wee bit of attacking flair and just generally far better but we know what Hamilton Hamilton you always have that result in them where Dubai they, could, they can get a hammer in mm-hmm. but St Johnson and Dundee are St Johnson Mirren and Dundee <laughs> are struggling that much that Hamilton can get away with these odd routes in there because you have more faith in Hamilton staying up than you do St Mirren or Dundee right now definitely yeah, right now I would um, definitely say Hamilton will stay up. I mean, that can obviously change in a couple of months, depending on what Dundee and St Mern do in January. I know we keep going on about that, but based on the, uh, what I saw in the highlights of the weekend, um, <laughs> both sides you know, were real lacking in a lot of quality. It looked a scrappy game between two sides, obviously bereft of confidence. They've obviously both ended their lo- respective losing, and, um, losing streaks and games without a goal too. Um, but... <laughs> I don't think either side will come away will come away without thinking that a draw was a good result. Um, it might be slightly better for Zimbabwe given that they were away from home, but you know, having been ahead and they've not really clawed back Hamilton or Motherwell, despite the fact that Hamilton Motherwell lost at the weekend, then that'll be a disappointment for them. Um, I'm not sure it was a penalty. Um, I think. I think Jackson backs into care as much as care runs into him. I think it's more a come together. It was a bit of a soft decision. Um, Aye. I but then St Mern could have had one themselves, but I think it would have been soft. 
uh, the Caron the Jacks are one. Mm, it's difficult because you sometimes see referees in the old, in the box any type of holding or contact. It's a penalty. Whereas there's other games you'll see in every corner, every set piece, everything. There is wrestling matches going on and all sorts, and no even a word said. Just that consistency again. Okay. Um, I, I would agree in terms of, yeah, Jackson certainly backs into him. Kim maybe puts his hand on his shoulder, maybe. Is that enough for a penalty? don't know. Yeah. Would you be asking for it if it was your own team? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Would you be expecting to get it? Mm, don't know. Yeah. And then there's a one later on, Musa holding McGinn with two hands, I would say that's more of a penalty than the care one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that possibly um, should have been a penalty, but two wrongs don't don't make it right. Um, but Kenny Miller, after um, Chris pointed out that he hadn't scored and was and forgot he was playing a recent Dundee Celtic game, then pops up with a goal typically. Um, that's when I scored that. Yeah, that's true. Well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm actually go for Ken Miller, a needy point for for Dundee, but. Don't think the draw does a lot from the. Just need to see what happens after the the international break now. Um, but the two of them need to start getting results and try and reel Hamilton and Motherwell back in. And obviously yes. both sides lost recently to um, to Motherwell, but both have got Hamilton at home um, coming up soon um, between now and the January um, break. So I think that's. But they, they've got to rely on just more than just beating those two. I mean that's the two they'll obviously need to win. Um, respectively, but they'll need to try and pick up points elsewhere. And looking yeah. at what I saw on Saturday, I don't see where they're getting points other than when they play Hamilton at home. And even then, Hamilton are good um, enough to take points off both of them. Well, they are. They are playing uh, the Edinburgh clubs who are in dire form. But before we go into that, in terms of the form they're on, uh, we might be. I might be. Well, we might steal our, our podcast title from Stephen Thompson. I don't know if you heard him mention it, but. Um, he referred to Simeon Jackson as Simulation Jackson, which <laughs> I, I liked. So no, that's good. You'd credit Stephen Thompson, but I think we'll be having that as our podcast today with us. Yeah, that was that was pretty sharp for for Mister Thompson. <laughs> yeah. I like Thompson's up under, but that was pretty um, clever. Let's see. I like Joanne Thompson. I think they, they work yeah. well with each other. Yeah, um, definitely. And um, you know, the thing about punditry is obviously. Um, I might as well bring this up just now because um, the Premiership TV rights are obviously up for negotiation um, the BT is certainly the popular choice with the fans but it looks as though um, Sky are going to trump them because um, Sky have put in an offer of £30 million a year um, to cover Premiership football, BT have just put in 20 I'm disappointed to read those figures especially when I found out as well that there's a um, the TV deal for um, Sweden is going to be worth forty-eight million. So why aren't we getting? Um, sh- surely our game is not eighteen million less a year than Sweden. Who's, who is it that's bought the Swedish rights? Um, I think Eurosport um, are mentioned from what right. I'm reading. Yeah, it's Eurosport. Eurosport. Uh, the other thing I've seen is that BBC Scotland are going to show eleven Scottish Cup games as of two thousand nineteen. Yeah, I've seen that. So potentially you're looking at three different um, subscription broadcasts for three competitions. Maybe a sports have uh, supposedly struck the same deal. So Sky Sky Sports aren't getting uh, anything in the Scottish Cup. So there's going to be the BBC, which is that's free to air, so that's fine. Yeah. 
there are sports who generally are signed up for every summer because they show up in games <laughs> and then they get cancelled and then go, oh, there's Belgian football on or, or whatever. Um, which is uh, maybe what's bad at the time, but that, that's the way that's the way football is going now. All these different subscription services. Look at Sky, they lost the uh, La Liga, they lost the uh, Italian league, um, the, Cha- the Champions League, mm-hmm. and all these different subscription services. And yeah. people wonder why um, under account of boxes used and all that type of thing. It's expensive if you want to if you're an arm, if you're someone that is an armchair football fan or even a football fan and want to watch as much football as you can. It's a lot of money. Yeah, well, I mean, Premier Sports um, was only ever useful for um, when the European qualifiers were on. Um, as you yep. mentioned, Aberdeen ones and Celtic being on it. You know, ten a month was probably they got their peak times in ju- in July um, every year, up until the point where BT um, had the the qual um, the main qualifiers. Um, but then, so see, they've obviously got the Scottish Cup, so you know you're going to be paying a ten a month for that. BT Sports, or they've started charging. I don't know what their subscription fee is. You've got that subscription, and then Sky. So if Sky got the 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 top flight games again, um, and BT obviously kept the um, the League Cup. That's three different subscriptions, um, and you wonder why people get turned off um, or look for other ways to watch it. Um, but that's, that's just the way football is. And but I don't think Sky are too bothered about losing the league etc because it means they can give more money to um, to their own at down south yes. um, but I certainly won't be paying anything for Sky but their, their coverage of Scottish football is shocking I mean you compare it with BT um, presenters I mean Hayley McQueen's pretty to look at but she's not a great she doesn't have a great knowledge of Scottish football to be presenting Scottish football um, Daryl Curry's very um, much slicker the pundits um, BT win that hands down you know Chris Commons and Chris Boyd are both terrible. Um, the ones that BT normally pick, you know, McCoy and Sutton, Stuart, they always give you better analysis and a bit of humour thrown into. The only yeah. thing Sky's got going for them, uh, you know, a co-commentator, Andy Walker, do me a favour. Um, the only thing Sky's got going for them is Ian Crocker. But even yeah. BT, um, we've spoken before, I like Rory uh, Hamilton. He's, um, he's coming on his own as a good commentator. So... Yeah, so basically, the only thing good you're getting off Sky is um, Ian Crocker. Aye, it's interesting, the whole TV thing as well. I mean, I'd seen you guys talking about it. The only thing I'd seen today had been uh, the Scottish Cup side of things. I can't see anything on the BBC website about the other stuff, but I'm guessing on Sky's website, it's all over there. It's got a potential deal. Well, what's good about the Scottish Cup deal is that... um, BBC are now getting two games from the fourth round onwards. And one I've game before that. I've seen all that, but I've, I've missed this whole that Sky have bid all this money. Um, I'll need to send you It's been doing the rounds on, online. It's, it's just a rumour. It's not been. It's not confirmed that that is definitely what's going to happen, but it's looking likely that Sky are in the box seat at the moment. So let's just hope that BT use some Trump. of their spare change and put more money. But whether it's 30 or 20 million a year, that's still undervalued when you look at some of the other leagues in Europe and as I say, Sweden are getting nearly 50 million and no, it just shows how much the executives are undervaluing our game again. Or either by our sales team. Yeah. To be talking about, I mean, even actually, uh, you're talking about the BT sport pundits and all that type of thing. Uh, I'll have a 
sometimes I can take a leave with commentary, but he made a fair point after the Aberdeen Hibs game in terms of we really should be talking our game up more, which we've been saying for a while with other punts. Chris Sutton's really good at it, Michael Stewart's really good at it, but I think mm-hmm. a lot of punts are pretty good at it, actually. That really we need to be saying all the different things that go on in Scottish football. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've mentioned it in terms of different teams, maybe winning cups. I know Celtic have dominated the last two positions, but Kabarik doing well, Aberdeen doing well, Hearts um, on the up, Hibs. Um, I mean, the league's as strong as I can remember, I would say. It's been a, been a good while. Yeah, certainly strongest since probably the start of the 90s. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's all positive on the pitch as far as I'm concerned, Scottish football, but just off it again, you know, you get people that undersell it. Um, yeah. But... What's up run as well, generally? Aye, I think so. I mean, we haven't read much about a club um, getting ready to go under um, for a while, so... No, it's if there's anything that's been learned from what happens with Rangers in 2012 and other clubs um, that you know, almost went the same way, is that they've learned not to rely heavily on two teams' income and they've structured it better and um no good good on the people that are running their respective clubs. Um we just need Neil Doncaster to go away and get someone like Barry Hernan, ask the question, are you interested? Um and let him do what he does best but mm-hmm. he 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 knows that'll never happen. Um but we can only hope. Yeah. Uh, I suppose the other one we've no touched on is Hearts and Kilmarnock big game yeah um, a good a terrific victory for Kilmarnock considering it's um, O'Donnell out and they made the, the change in goalkeeper but um, I think was am I right in saying that the boy that scored um, was actually O'Donnell's replacement yes and is Andy Mullins son Andy Mullins that's it yeah I think third appearance but I think his league debut I think it was his first league start. Um, I might be wrong in that. Um, I'd need to get my mate to check that. But no, well done to him for um, scoring a winner. A terrific result for Kamara going there. I know Hearts are obviously missing a lot of big key players and it's starting to um, no, hurt them. But still takes a, a decent side to go to Ten Castle because Ten Castle, that's one Hearts' strongest point. Um, and Kamara have gone there and got a very good victory because I think before since the, the new stands opened um, only Celtic had beaten um, Hearts at Tynecastle so for Kilmarnock to do that you know, is, a, is a good achievement and obviously keeps them right up there Definitely, uh, I mean, for, uh, yeah, you mentioned first league defeat for Hearts at Tynecastle this season um, Kilmarnock are, are well, they've got the best away record in the league mm-hmm. they, they're playing away um, I wasn't sure when they went ahead whether they would hold the league because recently they preferred to come from behind who were um, but yeah they made a few changes as well you mentioned obviously a little back and coming in for McDonald um, then force change with Millen coming in for O'Donnell but also in Jolie came in for Jones mm-hmm. as well yeah that was a bold call and and they were missing Brophy and uh, Stewart as well yeah they, well, they, they were missing last week as well but yeah, yeah. so credit to them um, I've seen someone mention on Twitter having it Steve I think it's been mentioned as well about Steve Clark being the Messiah but could Steve Clark be the first 100 million man, 100 million pound manager obviously they were turning turning cheek and all that and in jest but we, we say it every week just that's such a terrific job mm-hmm. oh yes for where Kermodic where when he took over <coughs> 
No, he's he's done a, a phenomenal job. Um, you know, given that when he took them over, they were joint bottom, and looking as if there was only one way, and that was down. Um, and he's just turned them into a team that's um, competing for a European place. Or as my my mate um, Alan Taylor says, they're going to do a Leicester. Whether they'll actually do that's another thing. <laughs> Strange nope, things happened in football, and they've got the team spirit to do it. I'm not saying they will, but um, who knows? Yeah, that's another thing we buy our link to be talked up about. If this was down south, um, or other links, people would be like screaming about the fact there's top sets are separated by five points. I know there's a couple of teams with games in hand, mm-hmm. but why is that not getting screamed about? Yeah, I know it's just the expectation itself to go win it, and it'll be Rangers probably pushing them, but. Maybe if like other folk were to say here, by the way, something could happen. It would maybe then the play. I don't know. It could work two ways, but some players might start going. Eh, wait a minute. Hey, why not? I mean, teams are. We've mentioned a few times on this podcast this season. There's more teams beating the so-called top teams this season than for a good while. Uh, even if you look at what the Hibs. I mean, they're not far off the top as well. No. Exactly. Well, you're talking about eight points between um, the top eight. If you want to look yep. at that, and then you've got another seven points um, down to the bottom four. Um, so it's really competitive at the moment. I mean, you just wonder when it will stretch out. Um, you know, which teams will fall a wee bit further down, which teams will pull away. But it's really good as it is just now. Nice competitive league. And you no, know, if we're still talking about a competitive league in three or four months' time, then all the better to sell the product. Um, and that's the sort of thing that you showcase to your um, potential buyers of your TV contract. No, but um, yeah, there's a lot of Scottish people to talk about. Um, you know that we could get more. Um, but even yeah. in the championship, I mean, you've got good foot. You know, you've got some good competitive games in there. Uh, I yeah. see. Cali Thistle finally ended the run of draws yeah, by winning. Aye, see, just before you do go into that, though, yeah. uh, probably when we start to see a bit of a change is next month because there's so many games. Yeah. And that's where the teams that have got smaller squads will maybe struggle. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I still, I still yeah. Um, although, you know, half talking about Kilmarnock and the title challenge, I still expect Celtic with their squad to be the ones that pull away. I know they've got a tough schedule in um, December with the you know, Cup final and the uh, Europa League and amongst them um, all the the league games including rescheduled ones but I still expect them with the squad that they've got to you know rotate that and utilise it and start pulling away from, from everyone else um, I don't think the gap will be as big as it has been in previous seasons um, but yeah it'd be good if um, you know teams had more belief when they play against the likes of Celtic and Rangers and you know kept that league nice and tight but we'll wait and see yeah I mean uh they will, they will buy players in January. I have little doubt. Mm-hmm. But they will. Yeah, they'll buy one they'll, or two. I think they'll buy, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kelly Thistle ending that run of seven draws in a row with a win. Um, although it could have very easily been a draw had Blair Spittle put a penalty away, but it just sums up part of Thistle's luck. Um, and, you know, could they be in line for a second successive relegation? They're only two points ahead of Falkirk, and I think they've got them at the weekend. Lose that, and they're bottom. Well, uh, it's going dreadfully for part of that. 
to think it wasn't that long ago they were in the top six in the Premiership and we were raving about Archibald and how well Thistle were doing and even I think last season they expected them still to do alright and just when we've talked about Livingston and how they've gone up two divisions and winning breeds confidence and it's, a, it's almost like a routine they probably go expecting to win because they've been used to it Thistle on the other hand are maybe going into games almost thinking we're beat before we kick off yeah was they've just been so used to losing yeah, they've got themselves in a very bad rut, um, and it's not beyond the realms of possibility for them to go down two leagues. That happened to them um, 2004 to 2005. They went down um, under Derek White and Jerry Britton, they went down under Dick Campbell the following season from the old Division 1. So it's, yeah, Gary Cobble's still not picked up a point, and they'll need to find somewhere building confidence soon. I mean, they've got they've got a break because I think it's Challenge Cup weekend along with International so um, that'll give him time to work with the players and try and do something to build their confidence I don't know um, what you do to try and build your team um, spirit back up at, at Thistle but they'll need to do something whether it's like paintballing or stuff like that to get them Aye. back Aye. together um, yep. but they'd probably lose at paintballing but <laughs> when they're all going together right, that's fine as long as they're not playing another team um, but yeah I mean, so I definitely, and maybe the international break is an ideal time to do that. Um, yeah. And, yeah. But the other side of things, AR, um, still top. Ross County obviously lost. Dundee United, though, are the team that are, they're starting to, mm-hmm. you're starting to think that they'll, it'll be a, a battle between Ross County and Dundee United. I know that's been a top. <laughs> that's maybe unfair to say, but I've got a feeling Dundee United will be top of the table now under Nielsen I think that was a really clear appointment um, yeah. and they're getting wins they're so, more solid defensively what Nielsen did at Hearts you know that way they're kind of hard to beat physical you know they'll probably snatch a goal either there um, yeah I th- yeah I think it was a, a clever appointment um, and obviously four wins and are drawing the first five games are heading in the right direction. Um, no, he he'd, he'd only been away for Scottish football what eighteen months um, when he got the United gig. Um, whereas the previous year when Laszlo got it, he'd been away for Scottish football for seven years. Although he knew about Scottish football from his set hearts, um, the fact he'd been away for Scottish football for so long and hadn't sampled the championship made that a difficult appointment. Whereas Nielsen knows that league inside out and knows how to get a team up. Um, and I expect United um, to go more and on. I think Ayr may still be in and around the playoffs come the end of the season, but I think they don't have the squad that like, say, United and Ross County do, and I think they will start to fall away a little. Um, and you just wonder what will happen with Shankland at New Year. Um, his teams will you know, sniff around again. I know they rejected the bid at the start of the season, but it'll only get so far before they're able to resist that. Um yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Clubs need to need money to keep going as well, and um, mm. you know Shankland's salary could be using a couple of other players um, to keep them going and maintain a challenge. But we'll wait and see. It's also yeah. better for them if he stays. Definitely, yeah. I mean, and you want well, you want the players that are performing well to stay in Scottish football as well, ideally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Falkirk got a rare, rare win. Yes, they did. And Aloha beat Morton. Mm-hmm. Watched uh, one of my mates dis- uh, disappointment, dismay. 
Yeah. After the result they got the previous weekend. No. I mean, the Fermlin's a team that's, again, that you, a lot of people were tipping to go up, um, or certainly at least the playoffs. And I mean, they're seven points behind, was it, or six points, I can't count, um, six points behind the playoffs, but they're only now um, the same distance for the relegation playoff as well, so they better be careful. One defeat and they're back down there. Um, I don't think I tipped them to do well. Mm-hmm. Because Joe Cardo left, and Joe Cardo was a very influential player for the film. And Nicky Clark, they lost him as well in his yep. goals. Um, I yep. think people undervalued their importance. Yep. I think everyone expected the two Highland League teams and Dundee United to be in the, the midst for the top four. But most people probably had party thistle. Mm-hmm. As well. Yeah, well, I certainly took thistle to go up. Um, but in the league where it looks as though um, they're heading down eh? we mentioned Dick Campbell earlier um, he could be coming up away our both just keep motoring on and they've increased the lead again because Ray Throvers get beat off East Fife in the Fife Derby yeah. mm-hmm. that's the experience isn't it mm-hmm. well the old character yeah <laughs> he's certainly a character um, Dick Campbell um, but yeah he's doing a terrific job you know he took our growth up and almost got them up last season and lost it in the playoffs and people thought they wouldn't have done as well again but 10 points clear after 13 games it's pretty good going a good goal difference they've got of plus 20 um, and Barry yeah. and Barry Smith's off to a flyer by Breaking City 4-0 yeah. yep. aye definitely tight Tight as well, what, 4th to 10th? Six points between that. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. It's like Montrose lose Talon, fall from 6th to 9th. Um, but and Dumbarton, you know, climb two places for their win. Um, so that's two wins out of three for Duffy. Um, and Ian Murray getting a win for Airdrie at Strenar. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's very tight, as you say, from 4th to 10th. And who knows what will happen. Um, but there's a lot of games left. Stenhouse Muir looking for a new manager. Yeah, I've seen that. Um, aye, Brown Ferguson left, so you just wonder what route they'll go down with. They'll look for someone quite experienced, look for a job like Dumbarton Dipper Jim Duffy, or if they'll, you know, go for a left field appointment and have a former player um, take over. Who knows? I've not seen any kind of speculation of that. I doubt you will see much speculation to be honest I think we'll just need to make up on the spot um, um, maybe the dairy farmer Tom, Tom Steele might want it that's a name I try to forget who did you mention? yeah Tom Steele I've, I wouldn't mention him ever again on this podcast ok um, do you remember him? no right um, he scored the two goals against us in 1995 it's a name that still haunts a lot of Aberdeen fans. Say his name again? Nah. I don't... I've mentioned it twice. I'm not doing I've it again. Picked, I've maybe picked up the name, Don. Tom Steele. That's his name. Ah, uh, they are, yeah. Yeah. I thought you said something different. Um... Alright, okay. <laughs> Aye, definitely. I've not seen any. I've even had a look just now um, on Twitter with Stenhouse Muir, manager wise. I can't even see anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You know, 
League 2, Edinburgh City back on top. 2-1 win at Albion Rovers. Who, their pointer manager, I can't remember. Oh, it was Kevin Harper. Former hippie. Oh, I came out, aye. Yeah. Um, aye, Edinburgh City went back to top because uh, Peterhead lost to Queen's Park. Um, and i seen in Berwick's game that Trialist um, scored twice. But Trialist also got back in the last minute for Stirling Albion. Brothers. Mm-hmm. Aye. I'll be Rovers continue to struggle, don't they? Yeah. Um, five points behind. That was. Um, but then Harper's first game was against um, when the league leaders, so um, yeah. they'll be hoping that the only way is up. Um, but that's another team that, you know, have gone a downward spiral. You know, having. They'd went all but one week of last season out of the bottom. Um, position and then the last day of the season they fell bottom and went down and it's just been a complete downward spiral since then and at this rate they are destined for um, the end of season playoff against um, probably someone like Cove Rangers or Kelty Hearts or um, whoever um, that Lowland League, Highland League winner is um, they've got a lot of work to do Yeah well I mean Darren Young was in there and doing a pretty good job, I thought, at mm-hmm. certain times. Um, yeah, and he's, he's showing Ray Swife that um, you know he's doing a good job. I know I've spoken about him a couple of times, um, but they've obviously Albion always haven't um, kicked on. I mean, I remember when they played Rangers in that cup tie, nearly um, put them out of the quarter final. Um, you know. There was a lot talked about them and how they were letting people pay what they want, um, what they felt it was worth to go into Albion Rovers um, from minimum pricing of a pound, and they tried a few wee schemes, but it's not really worked for them since then, unfortunately. No. Is there anything else you've noticed in the the world of football, or yeah. anything in general? Try to think. If there has been anything in particular, yeah. to give you a wee Talbot update. Oh, yeah. If you wanted. Yeah, had they got in the weekends? I don't actually know any yeah. how, um, junior scores. They were playing their third different cup competition in three weeks. Um, the West of Scotland Cup, first round. Tough yeah. tie against Rangers, who are same level, same league uh, as Talbot. Tough game. Good cup tie, uh, finished nil nil. Went to penalties and Talbot scored all their penalties. Nice. Uh, good penalties and Pope scored a winner against Coleraine Rangers. That's right. Could that not be our title, Pope Downs and Rangers? What was that? <laughs> Could that not be um, our title? Oh, I think it might be to PC, Pope Downs well, and Rangers. <laughs> Could be, yeah. Whether it would get allowed, whether we'd get an order. Yeah, I think we've had enough problems with the podcast this year. To, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good story. That. Oh yeah, third different cup competition. Um, they are back in league action next week for the first time in what seems like forever. Um, but due to all these cup competitions, they all get priority. So they got a few a good few games behind in the league, um, and then. They have got other cup games coming up, and uh, obviously it's still in the Scottish Cup, which happens a week on Saturday against Fraserburgh. Um, 
mm-hmm. uh, um, and then there's a junior cup as well. Um, so, aye, uh, and the weather obviously is deteriorating, which usually means games at that level or even higher levels get postponed. So, plenty of plenty of football to be played for these guys that are working full time as well. So, yeah, it's not easy. Um, but I see there's um, there's cup football this weekend, um, the Ironbrook Cup. Um, Queen's Park are playing um, Kona's Key Nomads on Friday. Um, I assume that's on um, Alba or something. Um, and then Saturday you've got Bohemians against East Fife, Edinburgh City against Alwa, and the Motherwell Colt team um, against Ross County. So good luck to all, four, um, all eight teams involved there. Hi. Potentially, if Bavarians do well um, and they're sitting, then we've got a good title for that one. Ah, yeah, we'll we'll save that for if they get through. <laughs> Especially with the film and all that that's out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we could use that title still this week and not copyright the other one, Bohemian Rhapsody. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Does it count if copyright if Stephen Thompson just said it? Yeah. Uh, true. But I thought you said it, it was used in other podcasts. No, no. No? Alright, we'll take it. Oh, aye. Um, so, aye. But, yeah. Oops. Plenty of football getting played. Good luck to Scotland Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, best of luck to Scotland. Um, the two games and... Yeah, let's hope we can win this section. And, um, the C-section? Yep. Yeah. yeah, let's hope Scotland are top of the C-section. <laughs> right. Cheers, John. Cheers, John.